Welcome to a world that only exists at night, where heroes are found in the strangest of places. A world populated by forgotten classics, video nasties, and the head of their time. Take a look with me at misunderstood geniuses and those who believe themselves to be so. This is the world of the Midnight Screen. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Midnight Screening. My name is Nathan with me as always. It's Josh. Hello. And hi. What's up with it, though? <laughs> Today's movie is the... I'm getting it wrong. 2006? Yep. Uh, it's seven. 2006. Six. Seven. It, it's definitely six. It says on well, it Prime says IMB, IMDb 2006. Yeah. Never trust Prime. <laughs> Pri- Never type for context of that. For context of that, Borat 2's name isn't written out on full on Prime, and they made it. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about the 2005 nope. film. <laughs> 2000. No, it literally it says 2007. Yeah, so this is why I always keep IMDb open just in case things like that. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're talking about 2006 cult mockumentary. Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Uh, this is another one I think a lot of our audience probably won't have heard of. Uh, only really yeah. gaining its cult status last couple years I've started to see it floating about. Uh, does someone want to explain what this is? It's a film, Nathan. <laughs> you stole my joke it's from the Fight Club episode. <laughs> I do not remember you saying it's, that. It's... <laughs> It's based in a world where serial killer happenings actually happened. You know, Freddy Krueger, instead of just being a, you know, kills you in your dreams, he was a real person. Jason Voorhees, Mike Myers, probably the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but they didn't know what to say that. So, yeah, and then they follow an up-and-coming serial killer. Yes, so a documentary crew follows around, uh, yeah, the, yes. the title character, Leslie Vernon, as he's planning... His Night of Terror. I don't know if that sounded as ominous as uh, I thought it would. No, that sounded more... Uh, no, it sounded more angelic. Yeah, that was quite, like, church choiry. <laughs> yeah, but more choiry. Maybe than, I just love uh, serial killers. That was, that was, like, the sort of sister <laughs> act more than Friday the 13th. Yeah. I'll work on it, I'll work on it. Yeah, you want to go more deeper. Do I go deeper? See, that Do just I doesn't sound demonic. That sounds like, you know, crappy <laughs> Halloween. Uh, yeah, it, it kind of says that you're doing... You're trying to do the uh, the theme to the movie Halloween, yeah. but you've you, kind of forgotten what it sounds like. Pitch, like, the cycle, like. <laughs> yeah, I can't get... You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I went high. <laughs> Nathan, I, I think I there's think a mouse on your room. Because that just sounds more quiet. Yeah, okay, I realised oh, my, my mistakes, okay? If you go high with that... <laughs> you go, uh, apparently, Josh. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> Nathan, continue. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you sorry, I'm still me. laughing. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know where I got to. Yeah, wait, explain the movie. Um, yeah. So yeah, this is a a fake documentary about a serial killer who is inspired by 
what in his universe are real events uh, the likes of as mentioned in the film uh, Freddy, Jason and uh, Michael Myers uh, with some hints to some some other ones uh, I think the who who sent Uh well he says Chucky by name which I find quite interesting yeah, he does say Chuck. I remember Chucky, which I was gonna. But... I was. I will get to later. I'll put pin in that. There's subtle okay. things to like. Right. Uh, what I call the Canadian era. Uh, the Canadian era of okay. slashers, your sort of post Black Christmas, uh, things like that. My bloody Valentine. Uh, oh, just yeah. with the amount of talk of like sorority girls and copycat killers and things like that. Uh, that kind of come halfway through yeah. the film. Um, we'll get into all of that because I have. A lot to say because this film is almost tailor made specifically for me to love. Okay. You know, like this is almost exactly my my thing. As a horror movie nerd, just ah, uh, this half of this movie is just a, a someone who is obsessed with slasher films, looking dead in a camera and explaining what makes slasher films fun. So if we find out at some point Nathan has right, committed several happens. murders, we should not be surprised. That's what I'm hearing right now. I just like Friday the 13th a lot, okay? And you want it to be your life. Okay, we get it, but don't kill people. No. Well, unless I'm Tommy Jarvis, but only when he killed them, not when he brought them back to life by accident, by electrocuting him on the day of his death. Anyway, um... That <clears throat> was just point out that's the plot to Jason Lives. That's... That's what happened. Yeah. Tommy Jarvis wanted to make sure yeah. Jason was still dead, so he put a lightning rod in his grave and accidentally brought him back to life. On the day he died. On the anniversary of his death, death yeah. Um, Do it like the day after. I love how dumb those movies are. And so does... Uh, whoever wrote this movie, I've no idea who it is. <laughs> uh, Scott Glosserman and David J. Steve, Steve, Steve. Whoever you say yeah. that. Um, <laughs> sorry, Jason, David. Even I said Jason because yeah. Jason. Good job. Someone else take over for a second. <laughs> nah, I'm okay with you. You ramble like this as you spiral further into. Right. <laughs> Yeah. What I was Madness. what I was trying to get at there is this is clearly a film written by people that just love slasher movies. Like, I feel like that really comes across, which is what makes it fun. Yeah. Which I mean, looking at that poster, you may not expect that, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it is fun. I went into this film <laughs> not knowing anything about it, so I was just kind of expecting your classic horror film, like horror slasher. And then when it's it's opens with you know the kind of docu- mockumentary type stuff talking about Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger and all that, it it definitely all of a sudden changed my my mindset of how I was going to be watching this film. <laughs> I mean, I watched the trailer. I watched the trailer first to see if it was like like what type of film it was. Then I just sat there and went, Haha, "I am not watching this at night time." Yeah, I'm that guy. Because <clears throat> I, I 
I thought it was going to be your other bog standard um, slasher, but no, it was not. It's not quite. <laughs> not quite. And yeah. I say quite. <laughs> Very intentionally. Like, there's not, like... Yeah, like, you see, like, stuff like Halloween, um, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, there's a murder very early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's your typical slasher thing. There's a murder very... Even with Scream, there's a murder very early on. Oh, That's, Scream's the best no. one for that. <laughs> I love the opening <laughs> kill from Scream. Dies. It's so intense. Oh, yeah, intense. spoilers for Scream if you haven't spoilers seen it. Spoilers for the first ten minutes of Scream. <laughs> Scream. <laughs> I got in trouble for that at college once. I got in trouble for spoiling Scream. What? Yeah, and I was like, it's it's the opening scene. (laughs) Is it like the early 2000s? Well, it's there's like a rule in classes like that. You shouldn't spoil anything because you never know who's seen what. Um, Oh, God. Wow. So, like, yeah, like there's... Because someone might want to visit something in the academic sense later... Um, well, I maintain the fact that I said that Drew Barrymore died in Scream should not be a spoiler because it's the opening scene. <laughs> no, no, it's the plot of the movie. Anyway, we're not doing Scream today. We're doing a different slasher movie satire. Yep. Yeah. It only hit me right now. This film's quite similar to Scream in tone, not plot. Yeah. I think I get where you're coming from. Just it's another film that we. Like, almost somebody wanted to make a horror film, but they realised if they just made another normal one, it wouldn't get the traction that they want or, like, the attention. Mm-hmm. So they have to, like, they had to think outside the box, go a bit different, and this is what they got. And be deliberately on the nose. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it it's doing all the tropes, but in a way that's, like, almost analysing where they come from, why, why they're effective. Yeah. And, in some cases, why they're not effective and shouldn't be there anymore. And at some point, she's just downright making fun of some of them. Yeah. Particularly I everything. I was more creeped out. Sorry, continue? No, no you go. Uh, okay, I was going to say, um, you saying making fun of some of them, particularly with regards to, like, the virgin girl stuff. Yeah, it was it, the one that... That we've had since, like, Texas Chainsaw. The one Chainsaw. that got me when he was talking about picking up a weapon, and she was like, and it's, it symbolises, you know, her... Her desire for cock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which, like, is true. Like, that's what that's supposed to symbolise, but it's just lost all meaning. It's so stupid, yeah. <laughs> Through yeah. convention, yeah. They just, you're just supposed to do it. And why? <laughs> yeah, the way he explains that is that it, he's, he's, she is demasculinizing. Yeah, that he says, he says, demasculinizing. Uh, he yeah. emasculating. Emasculating. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. Emas- he's emasculating this guy that's apparently held so much power over her. Mm-hmm. It's essentially saying he from the start he was essentially saying he was a one trick pony. He was going to be the one trick pony, whereas guys like in this world and and in the movie world like Freddy has killed how many people? Jason has killed how many people? Mike Myers. Leatherface, Chucky, bloody uh, Ghostface. How many people have they killed? You know what I mean. He's he's taking the tips like and how to do some things, but he's then becoming just that. 
It was one name in the paper. He died. Yeah, he ain't coming. That's it's the idea of he you know wants I mean? to be that person, but only if he's got the in this case, the virgin girl right. Like that's what he says throughout it, without going to like spoilers because mm-hmm. we'll get to there later. But that we will, the, we will. Yeah, <laughs> is it, the whole concept is that he'd either kill them all if he'd picked the wrong girl, or he would he'd fail, but he'd also succeed in failing because it means he's picked the right girl. Yeah. I think that's kind of like another that's subtle it, yeah. kind of gesture. Looking at all the other ones, he keeps, yeah, because he keeps, yeah, he references particularly Jason and, and Michael a lot, but the setup of his sort of night is so similar to the like generic uh, wannabes that they, him and his like mentor keep making fun of throughout the film. So there's this like pretension to him where he believes himself to be like more important and grandiose than he is, but he is just another flash in the pan, like wannabe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say this now. I was more creeped out by the librarian than him. <laughs> that librarian was. Freaky. I love that scene. Like. <laughs> yeah. The librarian was creepy, dude. It was, yeah, like... but in such a. She's, in such she, a clever way. Voice. That's one of those tropes that you like know, should not still yeah. be a thing. The like, <laughs> particularly when it's a librarian. Yeah. Like, why are we? Why are there yeah. libraries in these like towns in these stories still? And why do they stay open till like four o'clock? Yeah. Didn't the, the Bye Bye Man do the librarian one? Yeah. In like twenty seventeen. Yeah, but you can't really like look they at did that the person that's trying to make a good film of any form. I think they were trying. Sorry, they, they didn't. Tried. They did try. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who the hell? Who else did a librarian thing? The, like an actual series. Uh, it. It does a librarian. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah, because library you see, scene works. Um, Pennywise. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, library scene works because it's set in the past. Face at the <laughs> so, horrible. Um, it, yeah, both, oh, wait, wait, wait. Both, Are we talking... both versions of it take place at a time where people went to libraries. I was, I was going to say, are we talking Skarsgård or both, Curry? Because it's the 50s or the 80s, either way. Um, did um, the Skarsgård stick his head out the banisters? Uh, no, that's uh, the... Yeah, Curry did. It's the... No, no, Curry did. I don't yeah, know he does the banister. In the Skarsgård one, it's the headless zombie. Horrible. Horrible, man. Like... Still to this day, I can't watch the book bit when they're re- looking at the black and white book and he's cartwheeling. Oh yeah, like, in I like color through the book. <laughs> Horrible, man. So yeah, there's <laughs> like they show. I was like eight when I first saw this. It was like eleven o'clock at night, and I was watching this shit. And I was like, as soon as that happened, I went, "Nope, turn that shit off straight." The, off. But yeah, this movie, um, a lot of it is based around the idea of the killer himself, Leslie Vernon. Uh, taking the documentary crew through the steps of essentially making a slasher movie. Um, so the scene we're referring to here is the opening kill, which is often someone vaguely close to your... I keep wanting to say final girl, because that's the actual terminology. What does he call it again? Sur- Survivor surviving? Girl. Survivor, survivor girl. girl. Survivor. Yeah, thank you. Survivor um, girl. So yeah, what he calls the survivor girl... Uh, so in this case, they do the whole she's researching at the library thing, and the librarian does this exposition dump, <laughs> mm. which essentially like 
I mean, yeah, there's a few librarians in, in these films. Uh, gas station clerks and... Mm. House party friends. Classmates. Classmates, yeah. There's... Teachers. There's, a character that there's always a scene like that. Rather than watching people research for an hour and a half of a film. Yeah. Oh, you haven't heard about this... The legend of Stephen... <laughs> always the worst scene in any slasher movie so I love how committed they were yeah. to doing it just as stupid I mean, as normal <laughs> I mean what's this you've got it like are you really surprised what's a 17 year old girl give a shit about a like an urban <laughs> legend that happened like but that's why like, like 20 years before she was born that's why like again I hate I hate bringing it up constantly here but I do love the opening kill to scream so much because it just happens you know yeah, the hilarious. killer just goes, I'm just, tonight's the night, we start killing, and <laughs> like starts going after like his I'm victims. Going yeah. I'm going to phone you, I'm going to give you a random conversation, you're going to hang up on me, I'm going to get angry, you're going to hang on me again, and I'm going to cut your, I'm going to cut your shit. But you face. get, yeah, you get everything, you so get, cool. like, the unique, like, method of, like, stalking that Ghostface does, you get, like, his catchphrase in there, the whole point of the movie, it's great. Um... What's your favorite scary movie? Do you like scary movies? Um, oh wait, no, 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 it's scary movie that is that the film is that's called the lines. What's your favorite scary yeah. movie? Uh, that scene in the library also introduces us to the person who uh, legitimizes this film quite a bit. <laughs> Let's all just take a minute to appreciate. The legendary Robert England. Mm-hmm. Ah. What a man. What a man. That's a name that can sell a horror movie, you know? <laughs> yeah, you see Robert England, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, you're a horror fan, you're watching anything Robert England decides to appear in. He was in a Bones episode, and he made that Bones <laughs> episode. <laughs> And he is fantastic in this movie. It's weird seeing him playing a good yeah. guy. Like, like the quintessential, like, the Van Helsing to Dracula. He is doing... Essentially. So much, like, scene-chewing, even though he's barely in this movie. Oh, wait. There's... There's a lot of... Leslie has a lot of penis references in this movie. There is, yeah. Because he calls... He calls uh, Robert England's guy, Doc Halloway, he calls him Ahab, which, if it's the right person, the most famous Ahab is Moby Dick. Yeah. Is Leslie calling himself Moby Dick? Um, well, a yeah, the Ahab reference is mm. to do with, yeah, Captain Ahab spent his life chasing uh, the white whale, Moby which Dick. would make Moby Dick, yeah. yeah, which would make Leslie his white whale, his, like, impossible feat. Yeah. His life would be complete if he if he caught him. Uh, naturally, yeah. the character he most uh, reminded me of is Doctor Lupin from, uh, sorry, Doctor Lupus from Halloween. Straight down mm. to the being a therapist that uh, used to talk with Leslie when he was a kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just straight up the plot. Halloween, I love that. <laughs> But it's always I always appreciate a film like this. 
tr attempting to to pay homage to like to show that it's not being mean spirited. It's not being like yeah. negative to the whole concept. It's it decides to pay homage to what it deems to be the actual classics, the greats, straight up to casting a a legend off of this very specific subgenre. Yeah. Since the eighties? Yeah, the mid eighties with yeah. when he first pulled Johnny Depp through a bed. Through a bed. And fountains of blood went everywhere. Hilarious. We've spoken about Doc. Uh, it's yeah. Doc Leslie as a character. Um, okay. What do we, what do we think of of that first time performance from Nathan Basil Basil? I'm going to go Basil. Basil. With the E I, it has to be Basil or Basil. Yeah, I mean. Good first performance. Like I, I wouldn't have. Yeah, because it did say like, um, it did say something about being his first performance, didn't it? Yeah, like, it right did, the yeah. credit. She yeah. has an introducing credit. For a first movie, pretty solid. But as I don't know if he's maybe like what? How much did he do after acting this? wise? Not a whole uh, lot. No, I don't really know. This yeah, guy at all. he does a lot of production stuff and just like so maybe, TV shows and stuff. Or editing, like he's not a huge actor. No. Right. Do you think maybe he typecasted himself? I think he's just not an well. actor. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if I think because of like the just he's he works clearly in film and stuff. Like he's got, if you look at his MDB, he's just constantly got editorial mm -hmm. stuff for a bunch of different TV shows, whether it's reality or documentary, whatever. Um, I've got a feeling what probably happened is that he right. heard about this movie and he's probably just a huge horror fan himself and what, what he did in some sense. That, that'd that be my best guess. It's always it could be. It's always good getting someone like that for something that should feel like a documentary. Someone that's been in that, like, the other side of the chair before. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but a good like twenty minutes into this movie, he actually started to freak me out. Like really? he becomes a threat in such an interesting way. Yeah, I think it. They make him more of like a scary character, in a sense of it's a lot more psychological fear than in your classic slasher stuff. Because mm -hmm. you know, like when you watch Friday the Thirteenth mm. or Halloween, whatever, what you see of the the killer is just them hacking people to bits and then walking in the mist you know so it almost limits your understanding and your fear of them in the sense it is a very physical fear of oh they'll kill me but when it, it's like essentially like mm -hmm. what the whole film is is delving into the minds of these people and it's showing like they're they genuinely don't see what they're doing is wrong or things like that and they they start to it's that idea of being like that that's really messing with you so i get why it would scare you as a character to see all that kind of yeah psychological torment he makes me he made me so yeah. uncomfortable anytime he gets like upset like mm -hmm. you feel that like if he hadn't like if he wasn't planning something he would have just hurt someone in that moment but he knows he can't <laughs> i think yeah i think the moment for me that turned it like from like what i legitimately thought he was just like a a fanatic 
like a big horror fanatic. He just wanted to, he just wanted to like intimidate. He just acted just a little bit weird, and then when he actually, um, when he chokes the reporter against the van, mm-hmm. that's when it set off for me. I was like, oh, this dude's like, this, this is actually seriously. That, that is an effective people. scene. Like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He be- he becomes a threat after that moment. It's. <laughs> he becomes Leslie Vernon. So I think yeah, that is yeah. I think a genuinely great character, which I wasn't expecting from yeah. this film. Because oh, that yeah. to me is the thing you you tend to sacrifice with these types of movies. You know, I couldn't tell you. you uh, the I couldn't tell you a single character's name from like Cabin in the Woods. Chris Hemsworth. Uh, the the girl um. who kissed the wolf head. <laughs> <laughs> The girl who maxed out with the wolf head. Other than, like, the, uh... Uh, what do you call them? The guys in lab coats. I remember those guys, obviously. I don't remember their guys' names either. I remember stuff from them. I don't remember their names. But that's it. Like, with these kind of satires, you tend to remember, like, oh, this is the scene where they reference this, and this is the scene that, like, um, makes fun of this trope or this whatever. It's impressive to me that even though this is, yeah. like, essentially a comedy to an extent, Leslie Vernon still, to me, feels like a genuine slasher villain. Yeah. And, like, one I think should be, when people talk about, like, the great characters in these films, I, I mm-hmm. personally would put him up there as an underrated. Oh, yeah, if we were going we to, like, tier slashers, we would definitely have Leslie. That yeah. depends a lot on how people think you're actually tiering them as slasher villains. Because if you look at him as the slashing aspect, if you will, he doesn't do as much. <laughs> that fear factor is not kind of is there. I think I was no. the least concerned and scared in this film with the last 20, 30 minutes when he's doing his killing. And I think that comes down to, you know, because it spends so much time, like, mm. telling you how he's doing it and stuff. And that you, it builds up that psychological kind of fear. I think a lot of this film, to me, it feels sometimes like yeah. it's more of like a psychological horror disguised as a slasher for almost mm-hmm. publicity reasons. Is what it feels like at points. Yeah, but he is a great character for sure. There is, there yeah. is that match be. <laughs> there's that great moment, um, where they basically reference the idea that like slasher villains. Uh, especially things that people like Michael or, or Jason almost feel like they can just appear behind you or like they'll walk slowly and you're running and they're always right and apparently the answer is cardio <laughs> you yeah. just go Do it. be really fit right. thank you for bringing that up uh, thank you for bringing that up because that's the one thing about this movie that I that I don't like okay right you see him moving about in the library mm-hmm. he's clearly probably done parkour in his life like because the way he moves the the fluidness and the way he moves are you telling me that jason voice has parkour in his ass jason can can teleport jason can canonically teleport to be fair okay Um, mike myers then yeah michael mike myers the implication in halloween for me it's always been that michael just runs away <laughs> really quickly um, when you're not looking yeah when you're not looking he's like but Ooh. like him but then he's talking about it. he's like oh how do i appear like right behind you and then i'm in front of you like how do i do that i'm really quick yeah mm-hmm. cool you're like what five six five seven at best you're like a hundred and odd pounds 
you like Mike Myers is six foot six six or five or something like that. At least kicking two fifty. He ain't jumping through no window. <laughs> um No. This That's one thing. Like Freddy, a hundred percent I believe it, but no. Oh yeah, Freddy, yeah. Um we are about we've been on for about 30 minutes now right so here just because i want to say something based on what you said there ty but with this movie in particular and we agreed before recording Mm -hmm. uh, i'm gonna add on an extra caution going forward that we are going to we are going to dissect the implications of this film and parts of the ending that going in we personally believe are better not to be known uh, I'll put a time code in the description for when we start going to the question section. Uh, if you're interested in that bit, uh, I'll give you a couple seconds to to make your mind up on that. And if you're still here, thanks. I think Leslie's got supernatural abilities. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's heavily implied that he is lying about the cardio thing, and he is some kind of demon. Well, it has to be. He has to be. Did right? you watch the end? Yeah, that I'm was. Gonna go right to the end. I was gonna like, bring I'm up gonna the go credits. End, end. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I skipped through the credits just in case, and I'm like, oh, oh shit, moves. Oh, yeah. Go back, go back, go back, go back. <laughs> well, hell, yeah. His yeah, he charred body after being burned to death. Yeah. Sits well, also, up also, in the morning. He wasn't burned to death. Time. His head was crushed. Yeah. Then his body was burned. True. Yeah. Like yeah. he's dead. The only time I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the only time I've ever actually seen that was like in Blade One with a vampire. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. He he's a demon. Yeah. Like he lied about being Leslie Mancuso. He's fucking Leslie Verdon. He's actually Leslie. Verdon. Which bothers me because the closing line to this movie, right? And I know I just said I loved Robert England and everything he did in this movie, but <clears throat> he's doing his whole uh, Doctor Lupus thing, and he goes, "He's just oh, a yeah. man." Which is obviously He's just a mad hilarious line, very clever flip on the quote from Halloween, which is that Michael is the embodiment of evil. Mm-hmm. But this guy's just Michael again, <laughs> right? He is the embodiment yeah. of evil. He he died like Michael did in Halloween too, and just like Michael, got back up again. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying this is like a criticism to the movie. Because I think it makes it more interesting. Like, this is why I want to go back and watch it again. Because I feel like there's probably more hints towards that. Even, uh, we said earlier, there's like, hey, if Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees exist in this universe, there's paranormal stuff in this universe. Yeah. But he also... Well, no, 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 no. If you remember the line that Freddy pulled so much terror in Elm Street... They say that the the theater became that even if you dreamed about him, you would die. Yeah, he'd caused that much terror. So they still called him a human. I think but people like are the terror and the fear. People are presuming he is. I think because um, the same logic. Oh, you think he's still? Yeah, there's doomed. the same logic in Freddy versus Jason, where they're like, "Well, he didn't like that wasn't true," and then it was. Um, and the same if if Jason. <laughs> Sorry. No, the line in Freddy vs. Jason where the, the smaller nut job like starts singing the song in the halls and everyone just turns, he's like, 
do you know why they sing that? Because that's when he comes for you. I'm like, yeah, well done, bro. It's the line. Um... Freddy's coming for you. Do you know why they say that? Because he's coming for you. But even if... Yeah, um... got that. So yeah, if, if Nightmare on Elm Street happened, Sorry. there's supernatural things in this universe. If Friday the 13th happened, yes. I mean, yes. Jason's a zombie. Yeah, Jason got drowned. Yeah, like, Jason, like Jason's a literal... Like, a, a literal zombie. Um, and Leslie references Chucky by name at one point, who is a possessed doll. Yeah. Yeah, so Supernatural, the guy learned dark magic. Yeah. And, yeah. Put his dying soul into a, a, uh, Just, a children's yeah. toy. So, I think there's enough hints in this movie that there's something below the surface going on. Yeah. And I love that. Because <laughs> yeah. it adds to the oh, replayability. Man, just... Like, it, it makes me want to go back and watch it yeah. again. Oh, yeah. 100% I watched that again. Do you know what got me to... Um, I realised that about halfway through, the reporter is one of the sisters from Home Alone. Yeah. Is she? <laughs> no, she's barely done yeah. acting, but yeah. If, she, if she's not... If she's not, she's creepily like her. Yeah, it's one of the girls. It's one of the sisters. I think it's the one that does um, Les Incompetents. I don't know which one, but I, I'm I just almost positive. I've looked at IMDb. Yeah. He's checked, yeah. yeah <laughs> I didn't even think of checking. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> just noticed, so, I noticed that halfway through the film. If we've spoiled um, the, uh, the closing shot of the movie, you guys want to talk about. Uh, this movie does not stay a mockumentary entirely. No. So uh, no. the second half of the plot of this movie is once for people that are sticking around because they don't care about spoilers, I'll tell you what's happening here. Leslie goes to start his killing spree um, and the documentary crew realise that they don't want any part of this anymore. He's killing people. Yeah, because he's going to kill some people, innocent people, so they decide, we're they... going to try and help. Well, well, sorry, I don't think it was, they didn't want a part of it, I think they, they just didn't, they didn't take him seriously. They... Yeah. From the start, they were like, oh, he's not actually going to kill people. Then when he did, it's like, oh, shit. Like he's they didn't necessarily realise what was going on, because, you know, they're present for, like, the first two murders when he kills the, the two guys that, well, not two guys, mm-hmm. the two people, I guess, they're, you know, shagging. And then, um, <laughs> Like, when they see the bodies, that's when they decide yeah. to back out. So, yeah. No, no remember the she, there's the clip where well, they just, hear the, you they watch her. Them. You watch her look out at the bodies as she, like, covers her mouth, and then she, then they back off. Great shot. We oh, don't yeah, see so the bodies. Um, they do. Yeah. So, from, from that point, we move from the found footage style to more traditional film. Everyone's in the... <laughs> um, yeah. It, it becomes a a, movie, a normal movie. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's where we get our big twist. Ooh. Well, the, you get the half twist. You walk in on the virgin girl. Not being a virgin. <laughs> pounded down. <laughs> pounded down. It's like, she's not a virgin. And that is not her first time. I said it very subtly. It's like a half twist. <laughs> I, I said that very subtly what? and I just went, nah. <laughs> what? But yeah, that is the first... You got no time for salt, That is the first half of the... 
of the twist, yeah. Um, yeah. Which made you think, like, oh, he's made a mistake. Because they did the same thing in Cab in the Woods a couple years later, yeah. where it's just like, oh, they're just pretending. Yeah, I legitimately thought he's just, he just connected wrong and he was just going yeah. to slaughter everyone. Like, oh, well, cool. But no, there is... <laughs> TPK up in this There bit. is a virgin girl in this movie, and yes, it was the reporter the whole time. It was Agatha. It was <laughs> Agatha. <laughs> sorry. No, sorry. I'm sorry. Audience, if you're still listening, the shot, the twist, you know, that the reporter was a virgin girl came to a surprise to me, but the all-seeing ever-genius Josh so I, didn't say, I didn't say from the beginning, George, first of all, and I love it how you're saying this as if I, like, bragged about it. <laughs> i just, like, clarify, all that's happened <laughs> no, here is I pointed out I saw it coming before Ty, and now I'm an all-genius seeing. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, unless we haven't realised I'm a dick. <laughs> why, why yeah, is this like, I get why it was a twist and not everyone saw it coming, but no. I, I think there's enough, like, not necessarily hints. Yeah. But it nods to it quite a few times throughout the film. There probably was. You can tell something's going to happen. Otherwise, probably, the f- yeah. with She's... the amount of time it's got as yeah. well, it kind of like gives up. There's a few just giveaways that make you realize something's up, and the only proper logical explanations She's... that. Yeah. Yeah. She's very uncomfortable yeah. anytime anyone brings up anything sexual throughout the whole movie. She never got um, that. Yeah, especially she keeps telling them to be like. To be more coy or like to stop talking, uh, she gets visibly uncomfortable when he's explaining the birth canal stuff. <laughs> yeah, and the grabbing dick. Yeah, like she gets visibly like yeah. hints about that. Um, which is a hint. really bad at picking up hints. I was really bad at picking up. These like I didn't think of that until I was like thinking over the movie later, like after the film. I was like, oh, they yeah, did that. The same as the Chucky like, thing. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah he said that. The first bit so that, that means... kind of, like, hinting towards it, mostly towards me, is, like, when they're at the, like, other high school type area to, like, scout out potential targets that are just examples. Yeah. And then when he's like, yeah, like, like her over there, she's a virgin, like, yeah. you get a very quick dialogue of, wait, how can you tell type idea? You can see that. Mm-hmm. That's the first bit. I think you yeah. can really see the almost wonder. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's one we use. And her. So. Yeah. And it does, sure. it reframes it so instead of her being like this like passive observer who's now inserted herself into the plot she's the victim. Like she's yeah. the one we now need to, to root for to survive. Yeah. Which means there isn't like a dead air to the movie at all. Which could have happened Yeah. Uh, if now we were watching these kids we had no connection to yeah. try and survive. I think as well like we're now watching the news group. The, the last half hour of the film would be really crap yeah. if it all was just showing what he told was going to happen. So you knew that either there's going to be a twist and something would go wrong or something like this or to this effect would have to happen. Otherwise, you know, you'd have 20 minutes of just, mm-hmm. this is exactly what we said was going to happen. Enjoy. And that would yeah, just kind yeah, of you'd, destroy you'd go the through a, a yeah. whole slasher movie, but in 15 minutes. Yeah. I think, I think what, what set off for me, I think it was like, was maybe what the movie was going for is maybe the the whole thing of the virgin girl not being a virgin girl. Maybe it was just like, oh, it's his first time. He made a mistake. He's going to be prolific now because someone's going to come and just find a bunch of mangled bodies. So maybe he was out just making a name for himself before 
he did the usual like slasher thing and just you know on the anniversary of every death he'd just go and maul a bunch of people and he just wanted to like he wanted to seem like he was the all-knowing guy by saying oh there's mm-hmm. a survivor girl she's gonna survive or she's gonna kill me you know maybe maybe he legitimately knew that or maybe the movie what do you think that he knew none of them were virgins he was just gonna kill all of them well, yeah, well that was the moment for me I was like oh he is an idiot like he doesn't know at all yeah with the, that's what with, I thought I thought it was yeah. like oh it's his first time with the twist then being oh no he knows way more than anyone's given yeah. him credit for he is like yeah and even he, even said the apple pressure would come into effect I'm like oh someone's gonna get a hand mulched no no not a hand that's some great you, like your head I mentioned last week uh, the concept of planning and payoff and how Mars Needs Moms doesn't understand it mm-hmm. this movie is where you go for planning and payoff we've mentioned it multiple times already um, yeah. but the most obvious and most brilliant being he shows her how to use <laughs> the cider press and goes yeah. this is gonna hurt <laughs> someone and then barely half an hour Did later you guys expect gore did you guys expect go with that when he took his mask off? Did you expect to watch like eyes pop out ahead? And with any other um, film, yes, I would. I expected have. more. But no, so you didn't. I expected it. I wouldn't I have expected like, mask like a... off. I'm like, I'm gonna see an eye. I wouldn't have expected a full Eli Roth moment. I did expect more like blood yeah. or something there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with yeah. it for me at least. But it's art clear. Yeah. Because of the film, like I'm not surprised it didn't happen, but also I wouldn't have been surprised if it did show his head getting crushed type thing. I think yeah. they would have done that if they hadn't also done the yeah. fire. I think it also yeah. adds to the ending like, it, if they showed the head getting completely that. crushed. You know, then when he sets up at the end, that would kind of. There's a major plot yeah. hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he didn't have I a head, I think it's that discussion. Yeah, we. We've had this discussion, Nathan, before when talking about movies like this. It's like, what's worse, actually, actual violence or implied violence? Yeah. And it's like, would would we have rather seen his head getting crushed? Probably. We would have expected him to die. But what we heard was his skull getting crushed. We heard the skull cracking. It feels more real, so it's like, yeah. It, it's just worse. Yeah, it's just worse. Like, I'd rather see his head getting crushed than, like, just hear it and go, oh, that's awful, man. And then, yeah, left that room for... Oh, I'm gonna come back. And personally, me when when she goes in with the axe and hits something and mm-hmm. goes down, me personally would have took his hand scythe and taken his head off. I'd have made sure I got the final blow right then and there. I would have just like made sure he was dead because that's that's classic but horror see, mistake. Yeah, but oh, he's clearly dead. I could run. point out no. as well, Ty, as you pointed out, that'd be like the logical thing to do almost, but. If you uh, notice in this film, the like kind of like one yeah. of the last bits you see of the mockumentary is when they're talking to um, what's his name? Uh, Scott Wilson's character, Do- Eugene. Eugene. Just uh, Eugene. Yeah, yeah you, Eugene they're talking to him, and they're like, "So, if you could give any advice to the people, to the victims, to survive, what would you say?" And then his advice is basically just he says, mm-hmm. "Run, and don't stop." And yet, so yeah. they've been told that's how you survive, and then yet when they're doing it they do the exact thing they're told essentially not to do if you want to survive yeah. it's the same thing like when you watch a slasher film yeah. you, you're constantly thinking go and just do the bloody thing that you should be doing and actually surviving it's kind of like implying that almost you know yeah. whilst you can prep for it as much as you want and in logic say i would have done that 
when you're getting chased by a psycho killer, you're not going to be thinking straight, so. That's true. Right, right, right before we get to uh, our usual questions, right? Mm. I've got one little piece of trivia. That, okay. I mean... I have a question before questions as well. Uh, but you go with your trivia. Okay, I've got one little bit of trivia, and then Ty can do his thing. Mm-hmm. Um... To the tiny one, uh, you probably all, you probably both noticed, but someone will be mad if I don't say it. Uh, a little cameo from Kane Hodder in this movie. I didn't see it. It's quite yet. Yeah. He is the guy that she tries to interview at Elm Street. Is that Kane, Kane Hodder? Oh, Jason Voorhees himself. Right. Uh, I saw I saw the the thing with a special thanks to Kane Hodder. I'm like, what the hell was he in there? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a nice touch. Uh, so sorry, sorry, you said you had a question. Yeah. No, sorry. And who is Eugene? Just like is Eugene meant to be so, anyone specific? In the original script, he's meant to be Billy from Black Christmas. But when they entered production, they decided instead okay. of like making that explicit or something uh... to imply it and just have him a generalization of no one cares enough to be like more just original, old like really old kind of like right. one hit that... wonder kind of slashers. Mm-hmm. That proves my my theory when, about the the Canadian thing. Yeah. Then. <laughs> um, yeah. When that got mentioned, when it was like, oh, he's a he's an old like he's an old hand at the business. I'm like, oh hell yeah, this is Robert England. It's Freddie, and then it's random like, like who the hell are you? And then also his um, wife as a survivor girl. Yep. Yes, his survivor right girl. The movie, you find out. Oh. Yeah, it was his survivor girl. That's messed up. So she's. <laughs> Clearly got Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, that really? mm, that made <laughs> yeah. me so uncomfortable when they implied that. Like last, like last meeting, you're like, "Ha oh, I ran really fast, but you caught mm-hmm. me." I'm like, "Oh my god, he tried. He murdered all your friends. You're still with it. Oh my god, what the hell?" Um. Yeah. I actually, I also have, I have a question for you two before we do the normal questions. Before we ask this question, I just. Okay. I, I quit from my point. I've just been scrolling down IMDb again, and I didn't realize this until right now. But two of the characters, you know, the two stoned guys, they're credited as stoned guy and slightly more stoned guy, and that is beautiful. That's a fun credit. Yeah. <laughs> and do you know what the worst thing is? Yeah. I can tell who's who. Yeah. Same. <laughs> the 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 white guy was the more stoned guy. So. Yeah. Quick, yeah, quick life, both of you. Would you watch another yeah. one of these? Would you watch another Leslie Vernon movie? Do you mean Yes. If they made if they made a like Leslie Vernon two Is yes. it another mockumentary or is it a more classic slasher? All I know is there's been talks for a little while now, and with this picking up the last couple of years as more of a cult favourite among horror fans, it looks like it's happening. I don't know quite the tone they're going for yet but they are in talks to make a movie called Before the Mask The Return of Leslie Vernon with the same director oh, and some of the same cast I know that I know where I'd go I know where I'd go it'd be um, so right at the end uh, Reporter Girl and um, Todd is it Todd that said he loves her and gets knocked out no Todd's the fat guy uh... it's stuck Todd's the one that runs Doug, away. Yeah. Doug, him. yeah. Okay, so uh, I'd say it would be Doug and uh, reporter 
like get together and have a child and then their daughter is now going to be the object of Leslie's attack. And it'll be on the anniversary of the night that her mum got away. That's where I'd go. If I was going to do it, that's where I'd go. It'd be interesting if, if this film does eventually get made, which I do hope it does. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see if they would dive into things like the implied supernatural elements. Would, would that be more brought to the forefront or not? Uh, mm. Would they be parodying the idea of like films like Halloween 2 and Friday the 13th Part 2, you know, that are the kind of heightened, more ridiculous version of, of the, the film before it? Mm. Um, if if this film does come out, I think we should... I mean, I'm going to watch it anyway, but I think we, should, we should talk about it. If it comes it. out, I'm definitely watching it. Um, yeah. But it's been, the idea's been floating for, what, 15 years? It's a long yeah, time. Yeah, it's been a while. But again, with with this starting to gain a proper cult following, um, same thing happened with The Collector, uh, where it eventually did get a sequel, and is getting a third part, because horror fans have just adopted it. So hopefully we'll get the same thing here. I didn't, didn't another movie get a sequel, like, like decades later? What was it? Blade Runner? <laughs> Oh, the uh, Blade Runner. Yeah, that got a sequel de- like decades later. The cult film? <laughs> no. Alright. Um, but right, if, you, if you've if you skipped to this time code, because you don't want to know certain details of the movie, welcome back. It's good to have you here. I hope you haven't missed any running jokes we'll accidentally say later. Uh, if so, whoops. <laughs> All that's really... see. What we really need to do now, though... Uh, Josh, is this a movie you would recommend to people? I would recommend it to anyone who's already a horror fan. I think this would be a terrible movie to start off with if you want to get into horrors, like slashers and stuff. But to anyone that mm-hmm. knows they like horror or slasher films, then yeah, I'd definitely recommend it. Ty, would you recommend Behind the Mask? I agree with every one of Josh's points. And that is because I'm such a smart guy. Yeah. To a horror person, yes. Because Josh is the all seeing. <laughs> sure. Yeah. All seeing, all knowing. Um no, no, it's true. Like if you're if you're just getting into slasher movies, I'm gonna I'm gonna refer to the classics. But if you're like into slashers already and you're looking for just like yeah, if you're looking for your next film to watch, then yes, I would definitely recommend this. I totally agree with both of you. Yeah. Um Yeah, if you've never seen a slasher movie, obviously watch Halloween. Friday the 13th, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, but if you've seen all those and you have fallen into the trap of awful rip-off movies, um, then yeah, you'll probably love this. Like, you'll get a lot out of this. Yep. But, big question here, and we'll go back to Josh again. Josh, is this a midnight screening? I think for this, I'm going to have to say no. Like, oh, it's not going to spoilers because, you know, we've cut that bit out for some people. Mm-hmm. Because of how it ends, I think it just kind of, in the tone of the movie as a whole, it's more a movie to watch, I think, for a specific reason or maybe not with a bunch of other slasher films. I think if you're going for a midnight screening and you want something like this, you're better going for either a classic slasher or going for more like your Cabin in the Woods type of, type of mock film. 
but I don't think this this isn't when I do midnight screening of. Okay, Ty. Um, group depending, yes. The same thing. Where to my reason for recommending it, if you're with a group of people, like a, a bunch of people that haven't seen slasher movies, no. But if you're like well established, like if it was like me, you, Josh, and like Jack and all that, then you know we, you if we know we've at least seen at least the classics, then yes, this is a midnight screener. Ooh, I've got the deciding vote here, boys. <laughs> Drum roll, please. Oh, we should have the. Oh, we should have the tech t- the countdown clock. Boom. I'm going to say yes. Um, I agree with you, Thai. Uh Yeah, with the right group of people. If yeah, if you're in a room full of yeah. jaded, cynical horror fans, this is going to crush it, you know? Like, this is going to go down brilliantly. Um, I definitely also agree, though, Josh, that, like, in general, you want to watch a funny horror movie or, like, a dissection, you are probably better going for, like, a cab in the woods or scream over this uh but with the yeah, with the right group i think this could be a, a pretty fun night yeah yeah it's true so we have it folks that was our discussion off behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon but before we leave it's everyone's yeah, favorite part of the show josh what's next week can you give the audience a hint as to what we're talking about next week? So I, I struggled for a solid 15 minutes earlier today trying to come up with something and all I've got to say is I wish we watched Step Brothers. <laughs> oh, that's a, solid that's a good one. I'll give you that. That's a good one. That's a good one though. That's, that is great. I love that. Yeah. Uh, do tune sure. in next week to find <laughs> out why Josh is so upset with me. <laughs> As usual, to be honest. But... What did I do this time? Um, thank you all for listening. As always, thank you to my wonderful co-hosts, Josh and Ty, uh, and to our yeah, <laughs> to our editor, is pre-built on YouTube. His links will be in the description below, followed by the links for the show and our socials. Follow us. If you want to, follow Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Spotify, but not in real life, please. Um, if you are listening on Spotify, why not check out the Nathan Needs a Username YouTube channel. All of these episodes are hosted there, along with all my little video essays about whatever dumb pop culture thing I thought way too much about that week. Um, and if you are on YouTube and you want to hear us rant, and ramble on the go there is a spotify and you can check that out 